Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. And welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, hello, and to my right, it's producer Annabelle Lee. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Coming up on today's show, videos of Tommy Fury partying it up with Chris Brown in Dubai are making us feel a lot of things. The wedding of the century is here and the TikToks are something else. The main takeaways from Kylie Jenner's interview with Jennifer Lawrence, Diddy has been accused of sexual assault by two more women, and a British podcast has unwittingly cancelled the impending wedding of a major influencer. But first... Sarah McDonald, how was your week? Well, I just had the fear struck into me because I realised I haven't thought about my week until right now. The fear. It is a unique fear when I realise I haven't thought about anything to say until you start talking. We have been busy, busy bees the last week. I just think it's been a busy week, but that's all good. I I had a wedding on the weekend. Yes. Wedding season for me kicked off. I had a great time. I love love. We both had weddings on the weekend and we both got into work on a Monday and we said, there's nothing quite like a wedding. There's nothing like love, guys. Mm, a joyous time for all. <laughs> it really, really helps when you believe in the couple as oh, well. Always. <laughs> it always does. My sister's getting married this week. It's all happening. Yay. I have no other news. Um, I did read a good story, though, Ooh. if you're interested. Yes. What's your recommendation? Um, it's a piece in the cut. It's an essay in the cut called Happily Ever Divorced. I don't know if you guys saw this around last week. It was written by Molly Rosen. Now, Molly Rosen actually used to kind of be this bridal boutique owner slash kind of weddings influencer yes. in the US quite a few years ago. And I think she was quite big over in the US, kind of championing that kind of like boho chic bride, yeah, maybe like that five to 10 years that. ago. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, now Molly has written a story in the cut about her divorce. And I just always find it so fascinating about firstly, when people are so open about what went wrong in their marriage I think it's always so candid and it feels so it almost feels jarring being let in to someone putting their name to a story about what their ex-partner did to them and how they stumbled on the cheating and how she tries to explain that to her children oh my god um I also think it's really interesting with the angle of course that Molly Rosen was very known in the context of weddings and you know happily ever afters Mm. and as she was sort of central to that narrative in the US her own marriage was crumbling I just thought it was a really beautifully written essay it was very interesting it was like a little bit pervy to get inside somebody else's life and I just think our listeners might like it great so that's on the cut that is on the cut we'll have a link in our show notes how are you how was your week well this week something changed with you Zara because a few weeks ago on the podcast you famously said this oh god (laughs) It's not like 
like I've never heard an interesting dream story. There are exceptions <laughs> to the rule, but just generally, I sit there and I'm like, but this didn't happen. Like, <laughs> but what if it involves the person? So what if I come to you, Zara, and go, See, I have I, a dream. I had a dream about you. I care about that, Annabelle. If you ever dream about me, tell me. I do care because I feel like it represents something psychologically, and I mm. want to unpack the meaning of what that might be. Zara's uninfluenced. Zara's like, I still don't give a shit if you dream about me. All right, so this week, to my surprise, Sarah McDonald sits me down and she goes, let me tell you a story, and then talks in detail about, I won't, I won't expose who this dream was about. It wasn't about me, Annabelle, which made it even more interesting than she thought I would care. You turned to me and you said, I had a dream that someone didn't invite me to their wedding. And then she went on and she said, and then it was da-da-da-da-da, and told me the dream in detail. So I'd like to expose you as the dirty, rotten liar that you are. Well, the funniest part about this is we started piercing ourselves, because I did it quite naturally. I was like, oh my God, by the way, I had this dream last night. And Michelle was like, nah And I was like, no, 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 you have to listen to this dream. Like, everyone was invited to this wedding. I wasn't invited to this wedding. What does it mean? And then what you actually didn't realise is I did the same thing two days later. <laughs> so I was telling you, I was we were walking to lunch and it came out and no one called me out on it, so I just <laughs> let it go. I said to you, we'd recorded this episode of Book Club about oh Dolly God, Alderton's book. And I said, I feel like our recording of good material influenced my dream that night and I told you what I you told dreamt me a about. second dream And story. I was like, <laughs> I feel like I only dreamt about this because of our recording and it was in my mind and, and no one called me out on it. So I was like, cool. <laughs> Change the topic. <laughs> because I'm open about loving dream stories, I just enjoyed the conversation thoroughly. So I'd just like to expose you for that. Have you changed your mind? No, I haven't. I only care about my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I do, now that I've grilled you a little bit, I want to give you a bit of love. Your recommendation of Green Dot Oh. A few weeks back, maybe in the same episode, was so banger. I First of all, all my friends, after hearing it on the podcast, went and bought Green Dot, read it, loved it, told me to do it. So I had like all of my best friends in my life telling me that this is a book I needed to read. I have read it. I'm almost done. I haven't finished it this week. I'm almost done. But it's a banger read, guys. I'm actually listening to the audiobook because I had a long drive this week to the wedding that I attended. And so if you want to maybe listen to it instead of reading it, I can vouch that the audiobook is very well read out. Oh, I'm really glad you liked it. Annabelle, have you read it yet? No, sorry. That's all good. It's sorry, all good. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I will say as well, for Shameless Book Club, we are having a popular vote for what our next book is going to be and Green Dot has been highly requested, so it will be in the shortlist. If you want to read it with us in December, head over to the Shameless Book Club on Instagram and vote for it. Yeah, those polls will be up today. That wasn't even meant to be a Shameless Book Club plug, but no. why not? <laughs> why <laughs> not? Shall we get into the quick and dirty? Because there's quite a bit to cover today, Michelle, and I'm quite looking forward to having these conversations. There is so much to cover, guys. The quick and dirty is, of course, the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop mm, culture news. The top five. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. We go again. The quick and dirty is the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Well done. <laughs> Zara loves her own dreams, McDonald. What have you got for us? I Five and a half years and she still can't believe <laughs> that. It's so perfect. It's always the five stories bit that, yeah, that I know. stumps me. It's wordy. Our first story. <laughs> Tommy Fury's face is playfully squeezed by a female reveler as he parties with Chris Brown in Dubai after fiancé Molly Mae Haig is seen without her engagement ring. That's from the Daily Mail. Another 10 out of 10 headline from the Daily Mail because the whole story's there. The whole story's there. Annabelle, have you seen anything about this? No. I only just know who Tommy Fury is. If that makes any sense. <laughs> okay. Well, for those who need a refresher, like Annabelle, we've spoken about Molly May and Tommy Fury heaps on Shameless before, but... <laughs> no shade. <laughs> So our own producer is... <laughs> You're all silly. <laughs> so Tommy and Molly met on Love Island UK back in 2019. That was the show's most popular season in its history. It was like at its absolute peak, which meant they went on to gain millions of social media followers and huge profiles. Since the show, they've gone on to have a baby. They got engaged about five months ago and they've gone on to being involved in many a shameless segment because we feel many a thing about yeah. these two. Oh, completely. I think they're such a public couple and they have always lived their lives very publicly. I mean, from the, as you said, from the early days of their relationship to having the baby to being engaged, everything's played out in the public eye, much like like the story we're about to speak about. Now, this week, it does appear from the outside that things might not be 
the best between them. And I guess it's kind of funny because I normally wouldn't project meaning onto a couple or project a scenario onto a couple I don't know. Mm. But I think all signs are pointing to a you know certain narrative and I'd like to unpack it with you. For starters, Tommy is away in Dubai while Molly Mae is back home in Manchester with their baby daughter, which I have to say on face value could mean absolutely nothing. But we also have spoken about this dynamic in the past between the two of them where Tommy travels a lot for work. Mm. Uh, or for play. He's currently there for the Grand Prix, I think. Oh, right. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, and Molly doesn't travel as much. Uh, we also should say her work is far more high profile than his. Is that a fair thing to say? And far more high earning, I yes. was going to say mm, as well. So we've got that, which yes, <laughs> a Zara, lot Zara's not saying. <laughs> <laughs> as Zara said, on face value, it could mean nothing, but there is more. For starters, videos of Tommy dancing in a nightclub, literally side by side with Chris Brown, started to go viral on social media. They are all over TikTok particularly my For You page, and they are racking up millions of views and hundreds of thousands of likes and comments. First, everyone noticed that Tommy Fury has very little dancing rhythm. That was kind of the commentary first off. They were like, wow, this boxer has no rhythm. Is that concerning for his career? But then others kind of zoomed in on these videos and slowed them down and realised one angle of Tommy Fury showed that a young woman reaches across to him and grabs his face. Like she cups his jaw with her hand and they have this like playful exchange where she's literally touching his face. It's hard to make sense of and it's strange and it's weird. I won't say it's everything, but I will say if I saw my husband clubbing across the world with Chris Brown by his side and a woman cupping his face in a playful exchange, I would be extremely Fury. I would, as yes. I would be filled with fury. My mum would word it as she'd be very cross and I would be very cross with him. I don't think Annabelle got enough props for that. So congratulations, Thank you. Furious. Thank you. Um, I, I agree with you. It's interesting. I don't think too much of the cupping exchange, having watched it. I think from my perspective, I would probably give that exchange the benefit of the doubt. I mean, when you're that famous and when you're in a club, it's not outrageous for somebody to be grabbing someone they don't know, like Tommy Fury on the face against their will. So you think he doesn't know this woman? It's more that I'm neither here nor there about it. Okay. I don't actually think it represents anything and I don't think we need to kind of deep it. I would prefer to give it the benefit of the doubt because I don't know what it's like to be that famous and to have people feel ownership over you and your body. I like that. It's just an important part of the convo because I would I say agree. it's the biggest part of the convo. Well, it's what everybody's talking about. Right. I think the big thing for me is is the Chris Brown. I mean, in my personal experience, if my partner was just partying with Chris Brown, I'd have some questions. Right. I think that's where so much of my anger comes from. The yeah. fact that he is clubbing across the world while she's at home with their baby and the company he keeps is that of Chris Brown. Correct. Now, one of the videos that's gone viral has a, a comment on it that's been liked over 60,000 times that reads, whilst Molly May is home with the baby, lol, imagine the uproar if this was the other way round. That was really big for me and top of mind. Like imagine if Molly May, imagine if a young mother was halfway across the world from her baby, partying with Chris Brown and getting cupped on the face by a male. And topless, I'll say as well. Yeah. I feel like that's relevant. Some of these videos, Tommy Fury is completely topless. Like there's something about the buffoonery yeah. of these videos that adds to it all, the concoction of it for me. Well, it's just like the injustice of like how much we would come for a young woman for doing what Tommy is doing. And this is the thing, like mm. maybe what Tommy is doing beyond the Chris Brown thing is like fine and whatever. Everybody deserves a good time. We would just never forgive her. Ever. That would be done. So much of her career would be done mm. if this was her. Now, I think what is the added layer to this and to me perhaps the most pertinent layer is that Molly May has been spotted multiple times since these videos started circulating without her engagement ring. Her last post with Tommy was 10 days ago. So it wasn't like they've not been posting together mm. in recent time. But I do feel like she is being very obvious about the fact she's not wearing an engagement ring. Do yeah. you agree with that? She's well, you know I agree with that. Yeah. I've been taking I've been taking screenshots when I see her come up on Instagram stories because she's literally showing her hands. Like in one of the videos she was doing her makeup and she's showing both hands to the camera. And there is quite clearly not a six hundred thousand dollar diamond ring on her left ring finger. It's happened a couple of times as well. It's not like one time where you get out of the shower and you don't have your rings on. 
Like this has happened a couple of times and she's been very obvious about showing her hands in those frames. And I think, again, it would be very easy to look onto this and say, well, who cares? People don't wear their wedding rings at home. When you're as famous as Molly May and the conversations about your relationship are this public and you are choosing multiple times to get on camera and not show your wedding ring, I refuse to accept that you're not trying to tell me a message. It's not just like an oopsie. It's not just an accidental thing. If 60,000 people are liking a TikTok comment about you and how angry they are on your behalf, 60,000 people are doing that. You're not accidentally forgetting to put your ring on that morning and hop on your Instagram stories. Every movement of yours online is going to be watched and you know that and you know that you can send subtle messages to your audience, be it, hey, I'm still wearing my wedding ring, things are all good, nothing to see here, Mm. or I am actively choosing not to and... What are you going to infer from that? Yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, we've spoken about these two a few times now. It was almost a year ago to the day that we spoke about a then heavily pregnant Molly Mae joking this in a YouTube video. I think Tommy sometimes forgets I'm pregnant. I'm like, you do understand that I'm two months away from having a child. I just think he has to be reminded because he is away a lot. It's a hard one to talk about because I think in many ways this dynamic is my own worst fear with when I have kids one day if I can have kids one day and it's hard because I don't want to then push that onto Molly May and Tommy who are two different people with two different sets of values perhaps to my own but watching a young woman become a mother and then often be left alone while her partner's life remains unchanged is something that makes me feel panicky because even though I adore my husband and I trust that he would never do that to me when I see that pattern play out thousands of times over and over again, I am terrified that we two will slip into the same behaviour. I think it's really interesting because for me, whenever I have this conversation with my partner or with my friends and you're using other people as the example or the yardstick, other people say, well, that's their relationship and it's got absolutely no bearing or impact on you, your dynamic or for example, my friend's dynamics. And I do take issue with that. And I think that is actually incorrect because actually all of these dynamics, the Molly May and Tommy Fury one, is the product of a system that allows men's lives to go unchanged and allows other men to not feel guilty about that or to run on the assumption that if they have children, their lives too will be unchanged. Mm. It's like none of this exists in a vacuum. You cannot possibly look at these dynamics and say that has nothing to do with you. I would say it actually has everything to do with us. And it is impossible to be a young woman who would like to have kids and to not watch this and to feel emotional about it. I think I've said this on the show before. I probably said it about these two as well. It is impossible to not get angry about it and to not center yourself in that because I think you see so many dynamics in your life where people go into having children with the intention of keeping it as clean and 50-50 as possible but the world is too strong like that tidal wave of gender dynamics and emotional labor Mm. and the mental load can actually overwhelm you and it is sometimes easier for some couples to fall into that dynamic. And I have to be honest, as someone looking on, it's like I still really passionately don't want this in my life. Yeah. My career is so important to me. My independence is so important to me. My life is so important to me. I don't intend to carry all of that and the load of a child too, which is what it seems like Molly May has to do. I, I, I know, again, I'm projecting, but it feels true. But they show us a lot of their lives, as you say. So obviously we feel like we have a window into it and the window that we have is a scary picture for myself. I think there is another layer to this that goes beyond cultural expectations and cultural pressure because there's also the layer I mean I definitely picked this up when I watched the Fury docuseries on Netflix in that Tommy Fury and his family are part of the traveler community and that has strongly influenced the way that they parent it is abundantly clear that Tommy Fury's upbringing dictates that women give up every part of themselves to be a mother, down to the point where they actually homeschool, often homeschool their own children and so literally give up every every waking moment, I would say, to be a mother and to educate their kids, while the dads are more freewheeling and sometimes absent. I mean, Tommy's own brother, Tyson Fury, openly admits that that's what he expects from the mother of his children and his wife. And you see a lot of this dynamic play out in that reality show and it really struck me, to be honest, that when Tommy and Molly were talking about the traveller community and expectations, they probably weren't even aligned there. So it's just a really tricky one. It still makes me feel so many things when I see these dynamics play out. 
And I, I do see that I feel like women and men, when they sign the contract of becoming parents, that contract ends up playing out very, very differently once the baby is born. I also want to be clear as well in saying what I said before is not at all saying that anyone who wants a dynamic like this is necessarily unhappy Mm. at all. If this is what people are actually seeking and wanting, well, that's completely your prerogative. But for me, for someone who doesn't want this and sees consistently time and time again that even people who don't want it as well still fall into a dynamic that they might not be happy with but have to accept it, that's the fear for me. That's where my unhappiness and my fear lies. You know the trickiness for me? I actually feel like it would be a less anxious life to want it that way. Like I would have less tension. I would have far fewer worries right now in my life if I did want that for myself in the future. I wonder with this as well, if we will hear from a lot of mothers who are listening to this, who actually also then disagree with that statement too, to say to you, yeah, I actually did want this and I thought it was most simple and now it actually hasn't. Yeah. Like, like and now, yeah, now yeah, yeah. it isn't actually the simple thing. Like, I think this is incredibly nuanced and incredibly complicated. And there's no right or wrong way of doing things. But I think for me, it all goes away to say it's impossible not to feel emotional or angry when you sometimes see stories like this. And you're often left with the vision of the mum holding the baby and yep. the dad somewhere else. And that's just tricky. Exactly right. Our second story, is this the wedding of the century? Mystery bride shows off pricey, one-of-a-kind Paris nuptials. That is from the New York Post. Who else is on Madeline Brockway TikTok? I'm raising my hand. Not me. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Good week for you. (laughs) Zara and I have been obsessed with Madeline Brockway TikTok this week. For those who missed it, the world's most ostentatious wedding has taken the world by storm and it has raised many a question as to what the fuck is going on. I have so many questions, Annabelle. Do not fear. I've got all the details and the explainer here for you. Now, the bride in question of this quote-unquote wedding of the century is not famous, nor is her family. We will get to that bit (laughs) in a little bit. Before we get into the wedding... We actually have to chat about the bachelorette party because it was crazy. It was all over TikTok. Now, the bachelorette party was a four-day girls' trip to the Armangiri Resort in the Utah desert. I don't know if you guys have seen photos of this resort. It is crazy. It's stunning. I tried to quasi-book us four nights. Oh, fuck yeah. When are we going? Shameless takes Utah. It is (laughs) 6,700 AUD a night for the cheapest room. No! <laughs> yeah. Really? It is. Now, each night of this bachelorette party featured the women dress up, the decor matched to a different theme. There was a dinner party every night. I can't explain how ostentatious this was. For the last evening, Madeline Brockway, the bride in question, dressed up as Marie Antoinette, which felt quite telling um, <laughs> given what kind of the wedding looked like. Well, it's kind of funny because my brain looked at these images and looked at these videos and went, that's AI. It's so over the top that my brain went, that doesn't exist. That's superimposed in. Completely right. They were kind of four little short films made about the bachelorette party, one per night, one per dinner party. Now, for what it's worth, these bachelorette videos did not make a splash at all. And I think that point is important for something that I want to talk to in a second. Let's talk about the wedding because this is when people started to take notice of how outrageous this wedding was. It was five days in Paris, Mish. It was five days in Paris, which started with a lunch at the Chanel Haute Couture Salon, followed by a stay at Versailles, like a literal stay at Versailles, which I actually didn't know was something that humans could do. I don't know. I don't think you can just stay at Versailles. But they were staying at Versailles. I think this whole thing, it's like it was a window into how the top 0.000 repeated 1% live. You can't just call Versailles up and stay there. It's honestly like staying at the fucking aquarium. It's like Like how how do you stay at these places? You're right. Staying at Versailles is exactly like staying at the Melbourne Aquarium. The beds aren't just going to collapse on you. Like the, I don't, I'm, what is this equivalent to? Like, uh, obviously, like Melbourne, 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 Melbourne has nothing similar. Is it like staying at the State Library? I don't, it's so, it's beyond weird. They completely, like, booked out rooms at Versailles, had dinner at Versailles as well. It was insane. Now, the wedding itself was in, like, this chateau with, like, more florals than the botanical gardens. Apparently over a million dollars spent on flowers just for the one day. Yeah, Whoa. I wouldn't be surprised because if you see these flowers, there there is just so many flowers. <laughs> they had a 
live orchestra a Maroon 5 concert, which, dare I say, <laughs> trashed the whole thing up just oh, a bit. Now, now, if I could pick a band for my wedding. And would it be Maroon 5? Maroon 5 want Adam not... Levine there. Well, yeah. he's not going to cheat on me. <laughs> 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 Is he? He's not the one I'm marrying. Yeah. Does he create a bop? Sure. Well, true. They are good karaoke songs, which maybe is quite fitting for, you know, a wedding. Now, it all finished with a drone show that depicted their love story in the sky <laughs> and etched their initials. <laughs> Harper's Bazaar reported that there was a team of 51 hair and makeup artists who performed 586 appointments over the duration of the festivities. There, there were also reports that Madeline Brockway and her family reportedly paid for all their guests' accommodation, flew heaps over private. There was like an invite that did the rounds on TikTok where they essentially explained to their guests, we will have some chartered flights, a.k.a. private, private jets. Oh, if you need a hand. Take oh. you around. And we are covering the entire thing. We are literally taking you on a wedding holiday. Come on board. So TikTok has also especially fixated on their gift registry that included a crystal birdcage for $12,500. US There was no- a lot of animal-themed things in this gift registry. Shock horror, no one bought the crystal birthday. <laughs> and I think the the natural question then when people started seeing this wedding take off on TikTok is like, who the hell is this woman? Because when I first clicked onto her TikTok page, she had less than a thousand. I know this sounds like a flex because it is one. She had like a thousand followers. Oh, you were an early adopter of Madeline early- Brockway. <laughs> I, had se- I saw her TikTok account before she posted any wedding videos. I just saw the Bachelorette videos and they had under like a thousand views. <gasps> you were here before it was cool. I was. <laughs> now... The thing is, Madeline Brockway is apparently a 26-year-old regional car dealership heiress from Texas. Now, with great respect to regional car dealerships, (laughs) I wasn't aware they were so cashed up. Her dad, a guy called Bob Brockway, owns like this, I'm going to mispronounce it, uh, usury, usury something motors. Doesn't roll off the tongue, It doesn't. I mean, he's clearly a good businessman, but usury motors. Guys, I I tried to go so deep on Bob Brockway, on Madeline Brockway, on usury motors. (laughs) (laughs) And there's very little about them online. I did find one report from earlier this year that two of uh, usury's (laughs) dealerships were sold for a reported $700 million. $700 million. So they've got cash, but the thing that does confuse me is it's not like people are reporting that these guys are billionaires. No. People are reporting that these guys are millionaires. And other people are also speculating that this wedding had to have cost between 40 and 60 US million. So is, is Bob Brockway spending 10% of his yeah, <laughs> on this wedding? Yeah, I'm trying to do the math. If, like, don't get me wrong, 700 million, obviously, a oh, vast yeah, amount sorry. of wealth. Lots of money. The ocean. But if you're spending 10% of your ocean on a wedding, I'm surprised they're not worth more. Surely you're a billionaire at least if you're dropping 60 mil on a wedding. You have to be. But there's like, there's no information around that around, which is quite confusing. Other people have kind of noted how strange it is to get insight into weddings this crazy and this elaborate because usually they're quite private, especially people that aren't in the public eye. Like rich private people will never share this stuff with you, not least because it's a massive security risk Mm. to be kind of this showy online. I mean, Madeline Brockway actually posted an Instagram story of her entire security team. I don't know if you guys saw this. Or I did again, not it was see bit, this one. A bit before you guys got <laughs> on the train. Oh, it was before your time. time. Um, and there was like 15 to 20 security people that Jeez. kind of joined them on this. I mean, I think it's also probably worth having a conversation about the obvious content strategy here and the arguments that are happening online about the fact that having a wedding this extravagant is like a one-way ticket to buying yourself a career in social media because it kind of feels like that's what she's done. Her TikTok page has no content on it before the bachelorette party. And what I find really fascinating is, as I said to you, the bachelorette party had like four little short films that were professionally shot. And then she's clearly pivoted that strategy for the wedding because those videos did not take off. Mm. And what she actually ended up doing is hiring an Australian wedding content creator called Olivia Burrows. I don't know if you've seen this new brand of wedding content around, but it's like iPhone shot. Yeah. Wedding content creation is fascinating. So if the listeners aren't familiar, it's this idea that on top of hiring your photographer and videographer, you hire essentially a social media manager for your wedding who comes along with an iPhone, shoots everything and then cuts it up into TikToks for you so that 
literally on your wedding night or the following morning, you have a bunch of TikTok content specifically to post. And that's the stuff that's gone off. So she's been doing like a countdown on her TikTok just with iPhone vlogs that are kind of like just shot on iPhone rather than the professional camera that do better on the platform. And that's why now we're talking about her wedding. And I just think it's a fascinating, probably obvious point to make, but one we probably don't talk about enough about what content flies on TikTok now and even yeah. Instagram now and what doesn't, that you can pay all the money in the world for the most beautifully shot video. But at the end of the day, it's not the kind of thing we want to see. We want to see these like really ostentatious events shot in the in, most approachable way. In the most approachable Isn't way. Isn't that fascinating? So we can feel like we're there. Because the Australian woman that you referenced, Olivia Burrows, it wasn't like this was pre-planned months out. She only got the call up to come and film this wedding 12 hours before. She Within 12 hours, she got on a flight to which, go to Paris. Which makes me think she's had to pivot. Uh, Madeline Brockway's yes. had to pivot this content strategy straight away, which also probably proves the original point that she was going into this to essentially buy herself a career in social media. And the, the initial content strategy wasn't working. I find it really, really fascinating. This wedding has consumed me. What will be interesting is, is Madeline Brockway's name one that we'll even remember this time next year? Is she going to be able to become an almost Sophia Ritchie-esque influencer? Is this literally a career for herself, like you said, Zara? Or is this a drop in the ocean that has cost 60 mil? Well, I kind of think it will depend on who she hires next. Like who's the PR person you hire next? Because we'll wait and see. Let's see if we mention her again. Yeah. Next year, Annabelle, maybe you can put a date in your calendar to ask us ladies, who is Madeline Brockway? <laughs> see, see you remember. Typing in the cal now. <laughs> Our third story, Kylie Jenner reveals how she reconciled with Jordan Woods. That is from Harper's Bazaar. Yeah, guys, in a conversation recently published in Interview, which is my least favourite name of any publication <laughs> ever, Interview is the name of the publication and what they do is interview people. Uh, I think it's kind of saying what it does on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kylie Jenner talked to Jennifer Lawrence randomly about what her friendship now looks like with Jordan Woods after Jordan famously hooked up with Tristan Thompson when he was still with Khloe Kardashian all the way back in 2019. That feels like a lot longer ago than four years. Yeah, so true, actually. Now, as we know, Jordan Woods and Kylie Jenner were packed out to dinner together in July, so we knew that they were back on. Now, in this back and forth between Jennifer Lawrence and Kylie Jenner, which is actually a really pretty enjoyable read, mm. by the way, Jennifer Lawrence asked, my last question is a little intense, but we all want to know. Obviously, there was a huge trauma many years ago, but we've recently seen that you're friends with Jordan Woods again. How is that? How did that happen? What up? To that, Kylie said, Jordan and I, we always stayed in touch throughout the years and we would meet up at my house and catch up and just talk through everything. We never fully cut each other off and one day, naturally, we were like, we just want to get sushi and we don't want to hide anymore. There's a learning lesson in everything and I think that in a weird way, everything happens how it's supposed to happen. We were so attached at the hip that we needed space to grow into the people we were supposed to be. I needed that independence and that confidence because she was like my security blanket for so long. This was really lovely to read. I think we had speculated on the show before that we felt like they had kept in contact just behind closed doors all these years. Totally. I think it makes sense to me that maybe there was an initial sort of six-month period that might have been a bit awkward and they mm. were kind of like, you know, trying to sort it all out. But I don't think it would have taken them four years to get back together. No, I completely agree. Another part of this interview with interview was, <laughs> get over it bitch. Yeah, yeah, we get it <laughs> was that these two women both spoke about the speculation that they've had plastic surgery and it was actually like this topic was introduced by Jennifer Lawrence she wanted to put this on the map in the conversation do you want to have a back and forth playing Kylie Jenner and Jennifer Lawrence so we can explain to the listeners how this unfurled? Yeah. Do you want to be Kylie or Jennifer? I will be Kylie Jenner and I'll just let everyone know when I say him in this sentence, I'm referring to Jennifer Lawrence's makeup artist. Great. Okay. Oh my God. You know, you've been looking amazing. Have you always worked with him? Well, apparently I've had full plastic surgery. Ha ha ha. It says laughs. Laughs. No, I've been seeing the pictures. It doesn't look like that. Oh, thank you. But yeah, it is amazing what makeup can do. Yeah, I feel sorry for men. They're kind of stuck with what they have. 
I did end up getting lip fillers, but it's also the same with me. I'll see before and after photos when I'm 12 years old versus 26, and my eyebrows are filled differently. I have contour on. I'm like, how can you compare my 12-year-old face and say I've gotten my jaw shaved and eyelids removed? I'm like, what are we talking about? I have the same thing. I started at 19, so I get the before and after pictures from when I'm 19 to 30. And I'm like, I grew up. I lost baby weight in my face. And my face changed because I'm aging. Everybody thought I had a nose job. And I'm like, I've had the exact same nose. My cheeks got smaller. Thank you for bringing it up. I find it fascinating that Jennifer Lawrence wanted to speak about this. If anyone missed it, probably two or three months ago when she was promoting her new film, speculation was rife that Jennifer Lawrence had maybe had a facelift or it had something. We don't talk about this stuff on Shameless until the women themselves kind of put it on the map. She's done that and I do want to talk about it. I think I feel a lot of things when I see conversations like this. There is a side of me that feels sad that women have to talk about this or feel the need to make it a conversation at all. Another side of myself feels frustrated because I can't lie to the listeners. I feel like I'm being lied to by celebrities. I particularly feel like I'm being lied to by Jennifer Lawrence and Kylie Jenner in this instance, largely because Kylie Jenner has lied to me about this stuff before. Well, it's kind of fascinating because I think there is some validity to the point that it's like, yes, faces and bodies and things change over time, over the course of 10 to 15 years. But in my anecdotal experience with people in my life, they don't change this dramatically. So it's like, well, what's... And they don't change in reverse. They don't start... Faces and eyelids and stuff don't start to look younger. Yeah, I agree. And I think your point about the fact that it's it's hard to kind of hear this conversation with Kylie Jenner at the centre of it, because we know Kylie has lied about this before. And I think the frustrating thing for me with celebrities is how they may be trying to get us on technicalities. Mm. Like, I haven't had plastic surgery. And so we kind of all use that as an umbrella term for I've never had anything done ever when that may not be the case. The point is, I don't really care if you've had work done or not. It would be an impossible industry to be. And I Mm. imagine in many ways it's part of the job. Mm. And that's a pretty rough thing to be exposed to all day, every day. But you didn't have to bring it up and you didn't have to say this to me. It's like, I don't mind what you do, do whatever you want. But if you're going to bring this conversation up to me, I don't know if I want to read this and not feel like you're telling me the truth. Well, don't play me for a fool. Like, I'm not an idiot. I find it really irritating that we're still going with the, it's just makeup, guys. Have you heard of contouring? Have you heard of eyeshadow? Have you heard of just amazing makeup with an amazing makeup artist? Like, we're not idiots. So many of the people listening to this have used makeup in their life and know what is possible with makeup. I wish they didn't bring it up. Because I agree with you, Zara. I don't care. If Jennifer Lawrence got a facelift or got something done to her face, got fillers under her eyes, whatever, I don't care. Good on you, Jennifer Lawrence. Do whatever suits you best in this life. I would love for you to be candid if you feel like it. Otherwise, don't mislead me. I just cannot help but feel these quotes are incredibly misleading. And what was a really enjoyable interview I just felt myself kind of tensing up a little bit to be like, are we still saying this? Because in 15 years time, when one of you turns around and goes, oh yeah, but well, of course I got tear trough filler or I got cheek implants or I got da 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 da. Are we expected just to nod along and go, how brave, how amazing that you've admitted this? Kylie Jenner just admitted that she got a breast augmentation earlier on in her life, but she lied to us about that for years. So I don't want to then be like, oh, amazing. Thank you for that. Just don't tell me anything if you're not willing to be honest yet. Yeah. Our fourth story, Sean Diddy Combs accused of sexual assault and revenge porn in two new lawsuits. That's from The Guardian. A trigger warning once again with this story, we will be talking about allegations of sexual assault and this may be triggering for some listeners. So if you or a loved one needs help, call 1-800-RESPECT and skip ahead about five minutes. Yeah. So after settling his lawsuit with ex-girlfriend Cassie last week, Diddy has now been accused of some pretty terrible things by two other women. The first woman is called Jo Dickerson Neal. She says that in 1991, Diddy drugged and attacked her and secretly filmed her and used that footage to distribute revenge porn about her. She was a university student when this alleged assault occurred and had previously appeared in one of Diddy's music videos. Diddy's representative called these claims made up and not credible, as well as purely a money grab. Yeah, according to Rolling Stone, another lawsuit has been filed by an unnamed Jane Doe, who said that Diddy and fellow musician Aaron Hall raped her and a friend around the same time. 
time. Now, this woman also claims that a couple of days later, Diddy visited her where she was staying and physically assaulted her. If you have felt like you've seen a few headlines come up about powerful men being accused of historical sexual assault recently, there is a reason for that. There's some really important legal context going on here. Essentially, there is something called the Adults Survivors Act in the state of New York. Now, this act was passed in 2022 and it created a year-long window of time where victim survivors from incidents occurring in the 1990s could sue their alleged perpetrators without worrying about the statute of limitations, Mish. Yeah, and obviously the statute of limitations essentially limits the ability to litigate things that happened, in quotation marks, too long ago. Yeah. Right? Some of these, um, I think the cutoff was very, very late 80s. There have been a couple of cases that women say happened in the very late 80s as well. This Adult Survivors Act opened an avenue for people to bypass that statute of limitations. The window for this opened on November 24 last year and closed on November 24, literally last week. Hence the rush of new lawsuits to get in before the window shut. Yeah, now a number of those lawsuits happen to be against powerful men in New York City, including but not limited to the founder of Beats Headphones and Interscope Records, Jimmy Iovine, who was accused of sexual abuse, the actor Jamie Foxx, who was accused of groping a woman, as well as Guns N' Roses' Axl Rose, who was accused of a violent sexual assault. All men have denied these claims. Yeah. Our fifth story, British fitness influencer calls off wedding after cheating scandal exposed on popular podcast. That's from Perth Now. I just want to give a shout out to whoever writes the headlines for Perth Now, because often when I'm trying to find headlines for this show, I don't know about you, Zara, I go to Perth Now and I think, you know what, they'll have the headline that we want and they often do. So if you write the headlines for Perth Now... Keep up the good work. Summarising things well. (laughs) This story has layers and truthfully it's slightly on the older side because it has been evolving and we decided to pull the trigger. Even though it's slightly older, we really bloody want to talk about it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of fallen at like an awkward time for us on the show, but we thought, you know what, there actually will be a huge portion of our listeners who are not across this story and therefore, Annabelle, are you across the story? No. Perfect. I hate myself. No, I love it. You're our litmus test. And also, you're our gal. You can't hate yourself. We love you. Sorry. Are you learning things today? I am. I'm learning so much. Wonderful. Say one thing you like about yourself, Annabelle Lee. No, I want to. All right. Why don't I Shy. <laughs> Why don't I just give you a good story to round this Please. up? So now some of you may have heard of the Girls Bathroom Podcast. It's a really successful British podcast. I know that one. Well done. Good girl. The, the hosts give advice to their listeners. It is in a similar format to Everybody Has a Secret. Listeners write in their dilemmas and the hosts offer their takes. Now, in an episode on November 8, the hosts read out a dilemma from a listener, Mish, who said her best friend was in love with an engaged man. Yes. Now, this best friend, who was called Sarah for the purpose of the episode, is young. She's only 21 or 22. She's also Australian. And while she was vacationing, she was doing a European summer around July, she fell in love with a guy named Brian. Sarah met Brian on a boat on his Bucks holiday. Sarah then returned to Australia and told her friends that she's madly in love with Brian, one of these friends being the one who wrote into the podcast. Are we all with me? Yes. Wonderful. All right. So Sarah said that she and Brian had been texting back and forth, had been meeting up in various cities around the world and were madly in love despite him still being engaged to Jenny. Also, Jenny is a influencer. Yes, with a million followers. Because while the hosts of the show changed names, they did go on to reveal lots of details. The groom-to-be is 28, his future wife is 33, they have businesses together, they have a dog, they live in Dubai, and as I said, the wife has a million social media followers. Lots of identifying details in there. They also said, the host also said, that hopefully Jenny listens and can piece this together. Now, Jenny didn't need to listen because upon hearing this episode, lots and lots of listeners had a very good idea of who she was. Jenny sounded an awful lot like the fitness influencer Lily Sabri. And Brian sounded an awful lot like Lily's fiancé, Alex. Alex, yeah. And their joint businesses together sounded an awful lot like the successful fitness programs Lean Foods and Lean with Lily. So naturally, social media lit on fire with speculation and people flooded Lily's social media posts 
begging her to check out this podcast episode and suss whether or not she was being cheated on. For two weeks after the episode went live, Lily's social media feeds went dark. And then she posted this. Hi all, I've taken some time away from social media before addressing the following. There has been speculation online about my personal life and relationship sparked by a podcast released on Wednesday 8th November. I want to provide brief clarity on the situation, but I won't be addressing it further until I'm in the right headspace. I kindly ask for privacy in the meantime. On Thursday, 9th of November, I woke up to messages about a podcast episode discussing a relationship involving a newly engaged man meeting a woman on his stag do and subsequent encounters. It's heartbreaking to confirm that this is true and discovering it in this way has been devastating. Alex and I have broken up and I need time to process what feels like an absolute whirlwind and I can only describe as my world falling apart. I'll share more when the time is right. This is a challenging time for me and I would like if my privacy could be respected. Thank you, Lily. Okay, so, so much going on here. I mean, obviously we have some skin in the game here. Not only have we done mailbag segments on the show, we have had something slightly similar Mm. be sent to us. We had a dilemma where someone spotted an influencer's boyfriend kissing someone at a club. Annabelle, we also talk about this stuff on Everybody Has a Secret, right? And people are naturally torn about this. Some people think the girls' bathroom are heroes, saving Lily Sabri from a dickhead an alleged dickhead Beyonce. <laughs> well, Lily's saying it's true, I but yes, I, I, I hear you. Whatever, yeah. Others think of them as villains making this content instead of discreetly DMing her with some information and letting her know. I mean, one comment read, I mean, they could have privately messaged her about it rather than publicly embarrassing her and laughing the whole way through the segment. They didn't go about it in the right way. I'm interested in what we think here because I have so, so many thoughts. Yeah, oh, so many thoughts. Okay, first of all, The girls' bathroom does this for content, right? Like people write in and they know that their lives and their dilemmas are going to be spoken about. So sometimes I do think if you, if it was me writing into a podcast, I might pull back on identifying details personally. Here at Shameless Media, we always take it upon ourselves to do that on top of what anyone does to us. So when someone sends us a dilemma, the bare minimum is changing the names, but we go beyond that. We change ages, we change cities. So the example you gave before, Zara, with the influencer's boyfriend kissing someone at a club, we shared that in the episode. We had changed details. The problem with that, though, is we then had listeners who had also seen something in the city that we had changed it to. Saying, or not necessarily seen it, but had been like, well, if it's in this city, then it yes. must be that. And I remember and then being people like, started bringing other influencers' names, and it's like, well, it's not that city, but like we're trying to protect the city that it is, and then it gets other people's names involved. So I'm not saying the way we do it is flawless. No, I'm just saying it's complicated. Do I think the ages and the location of Dubai in particular should have been pulled from this? Yes, I do. But also I'm sure the girls' bathroom girls think that as well and regret that they didn't do that. Well, I don't think anybody would have expected this to blow up in the way that it did. And it's certainly an interesting perspective. I was sort of talking to you about this the other day because I was like, it is really fascinating when we've done something like this quite a few years ago. And I remember saying to you, I don't know if I would do that again, but I don't know if I'm saying that now with the hindsight of this or if I would have said that a year ago. Like I can't be on my high horse to be like, oh, I wouldn't have done that anymore. That was us being young. Or if I'm just using this example as my yardstick. It's hard because it's like dilemma content is always good content. We all love to listen to it. And the crux of dilemma content is not always in the details of the people involved. In fact, it's never really about the details, the ages, the locations of the people involved. It's about the themes it brings up, which is a groom-to-be cheating on his wife with someone he met on his bucks holiday and then clearly like keeping this thing going with a 21 or 22-year-old who lives halfway across the world. That's the interesting part. The fact that it involves... Lily Sabri, who lives in Dubai and has a dog, is not the part that should matter for the themes that are being spoken about. Well, of course, this stuff is always based in the themes and that's why we feel like we can always change the details because it's Mm. like the story doesn't change and the conversation you're going to have about the dilemma is not going to change if the details Mm. do. I do think it's a really interesting question for all of us to, to kind of wrangle with. Would you prefer to have your relationship exposed in this way so publicly or would you prefer to marry the guy none the wiser? Genuinely, what would I... 
Guys. It's so... I'd marry him. No, <laughs> you no, would rather I, get no, married. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I... Would I prefer to be Lily Sabri in this situation or be ignorant and marry the cheating guy? I think it's very, very hard for the average person to wrangle with the idea of tens of thousands of people knowing the worst thing to ever happen to you before you even know it and then not having any space to process it by yourself. Like that is incredibly traumatic to open your phone and have something like this happen. It's almost hard to conceptualize the heartbreak that would happen there. I do think that's almost a bigger heartbreak than learning that the guy you married happened to cheat on you and that you can deal with that in whatever way you see fit behind closed doors. What's happened here is she's essentially been wounded and then that wound is being held open by tens of thousands of people. Mm. There's no ability for that wound to heal and or for her to go away and figure out whether yeah. to show anyone the wound. It's open and it's seeping and we're all looking into it. Yeah, I think it's also just like a very pertinent reminder for people like us who work in this industry. In content. Yeah, and in content because it's like you are constantly wrangling with that conversation about like, well, what is – really good content but what is also you also just sometimes cannot predict what is going to blow up you cannot but I I do think it's just like a very pertinent reminder for everyone Annabelle how do you feel about it the question you asked about what I would prefer I think I agree I think I would rather marry him and find out eventually hopefully in the near future well yeah with an asterisk of being like maybe later I don't know I also want to know what has happened to the friendship like this mm. best friend who wrote into I this know. podcast across the world probably never envisaged that this would happen. This is a very, very close friendship. I listened to the episode. What the hell happens? If, you fi- if you're the mistress in this situation, you're only 21 or 22, and you find out your best friend sent this to a podcast with so many identifying details, and now the guy you're, you're in love with's marriage or his, his engagement is broken up, Everyone's speaking about this. These women live in Australia. One of them could be listening to this right now. I don't really give a fuck about the guy. What the hell has happened to this friendship and how the hell do you move past that? Yeah, 100%. But then actually, I sorry, I know you said I don't give a fuck about a guy, but like cheating is not that uncommon. Yeah. Does anybody deserve for that to be yeah, fair. global news? I don't know fair. the answer mm. to that. I have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers and a lot of feelings that don't make sense. <laughs> Which is why I can't wait for your safe Friday. Plug, yeah. plug, plug. <laughs> yeah. Guys, that is all we've got time for today. If you want to support the show, follow us on the app you are listening to right now, be it Apple or Spotify. We would really appreciate your follow because that's how other people find us. Yeah, thank you to Annabelle to my okay. left for audio editing this episode. Thank you to you guys for listening. We will be back in your ears on Monday. Bye. Bye. Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.